Hey, what's up? Uh, welcome to another episode of Recovered AF. Uh, my name's Aaron. And I'm Kyle. And uh, I'm going to give a brief disclaimer. Uh, we're not affiliated in any way at all with any 12-step organization. Uh, as we always say, we're just a couple of dudes sharing our experience about the work and what are comes, whatever comes up in this hour. Uh, we have another guest today that I'm going to let Aaron introduce. Thanks. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, our guest today is, um, I guess we... <laughs> We're formally going to have on this show, but she wasn't able to make it for reasons I won't disclose. <laughs> but uh, Amy is our guest today. What's up, Amy? Hey there. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I am recovered from yeah. two weeks ago and recovered in general. Okay. <laughs> All around recovered. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's a double recovery. <laughs> Amy was supposed to be our first guest, and uh, <laughs> the flu or spinach got the best of her, and yes. uh, so we're giving it a run now for the the following weekend right i heard all kinds of conspiracy theories on the uh, third episode i think it was so let's just clear that up right now <laughs> maybe we're a little self-centered and we thought it was us <laughs> yeah shocker yeah, is it us felt the need to get everyone right-sized here it was the spinach that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. inanimate object you know yeah. <laughs> that's why you don't juice it sounds like it sounds terrible juice in juice out you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. It doesn't sound very recovered, no. does it? <laughs> <laughs> very unhealthy. <laughs> okay, so where well, I don't know where should we start? Um, how about this? When Kyle first, uh, when Kyle first, this is what we'll start with. When Kyle first, his first, um, I've known Amy. Well, Amy and I related. I guess I don't know if I'm. I guess it's okay to say that. Mm -hmm. Amy and I related. I knew that she was a Lodi from way back. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, but I think the first time we ever did drink together, like we drank to the sun, like we mm -hmm. got down. I was like, all right, she's okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like my cousin a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We really, we did. We connected over mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I was like, who knows someone who can purchase it? <laughs> we're going to get down. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Um, Friends for life, or at least the next three years until I get legit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but so the first time that Kyle, uh, had any interaction with you was here, you came with a local 12 step fellowship, put on a, um, mm -hmm. workshop and you were asked to talk about the tw sponsorship, right? Mm -hmm. How, how, how long had you been in the program when you were here talking about sponsorship? Mm-hmm. I think I just hit the two-year mark, actually. Yeah, and I was approached by somebody uh, who had uh, several years sober, and she told me that the way that I pursued service made her feel alive again, and she asked if I would come talk to people about it. And I said, no. That's <laughs> 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 pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. In my head. Yeah. yeah. Out loud, I said, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so, like, so you were sober for a couple of years then. Mm -hmm. How long had you been sponsoring other women in the program? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was asked, well, I raised my hand as soon as I had finished the steps. And okay. since I was the uh, person who wanted to read all the way through it, and that converted to me knowing it, which meant I was good to go. Right. I mm -hmm. was on the slow plan of experiential learning. So one year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that something that like your sponsor then when you got to that point, is that something that she impressed upon you that like Absolutely. now you're through the work, now it's, now it's your mm -hmm. deal? In fact, before we even read one page, she said, this was freely given to me. I will freely give it to you and I need you to freely give it to someone, else, at least one someone else. Nice. 
Yep. And I said, deal. Let's do this. Even mm. though I already read it before <laughs> I met with her. <laughs> you're yeah. you're real good AA. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have this book memorized <laughs> Which before I, did. I meet with you. And I had three <laughs> other books with me. And she said, you only need one book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I think that's a huge deal, you know, and uh, when I was there, I think I was about nine months sober and I had not sponsored anyone at yeah. that point. And I was, I just, you know, <coughs> being around, uh, I had a misconception of what sponsorship was and how sober you're supposed to be. And I just remember you were sharing and I was just like, holy shit, like I, I can do this too. You know, it was really mm -hmm. cool. I've told Aaron that a lot. It was just really a cool experience because I mean, two years, that's relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, when a guy's up there with 30 years mm -hmm. and I have nine months, it's like, ah, mm -hmm. cool, man. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you're sober longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. So someone with, you know, <laughs> two years that's up there at a conference talking about sponsorship, I just was, I was amazed. And then I met our mutual friend, which put Aaron and I in contact at that event as well. It was just, that's it was a cool funny. weekend. Yeah. And I just remember that's so big. You know, I'm a huge 12 step guy now and I, Thank you for doing that. You know, that was huge for me. So Wow, thank you for that too. I it's neat. I was always taught you plan the plan, not the outcome. Right. And I just show up and move your feet and let go of the rest. And it's when I hear the ripple effect of that, mm -hmm. which I heard this morning at with my ladies that I meet with. That this this topic actually came full circle. That was my topic this morning. So I shared on this exact same thing. It's That's very awesome. cool. Yeah. <laughs> we also have our first uh, we also have our first um what would you call this person? This person isn't a guest. They're, um, um, yeah, spectator. I was going to say a live listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over here. And uh, I'm sure she's absolutely enthralled in what's going on over here. Mm -hmm. It's she pretty is. entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three people sitting around a table talking into microphones. Yeah. Fascinating. <clears throat> she's exiting. Just kidding. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so one thing that, you know, I obviously have, you know, a pretty intimate, uh, you know, mm -hmm. understand or knowledge of your story. And, and one thing that um, because you you worked in the field, mm -hmm. right, like mm -hmm. you're which w maybe wasn't something you, you had intended on doing. You were just looking into get into the social work, right? Mm -hmm. Is that? Yep. Yep. I had uh, what I understand now to be very codependent motives. And I worked <laughs> that out a lot, actually, in since I can discuss therapy and I'm actually working another fellowship for that too. Um, but I was very attracted to, um, the, the field of just humans in general. And I've always been fascinated with un understanding, um, how humans operate. So yes, attracted to the field, mostly so I could dominate it, figure it out, conquer it, be in control of <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so like, so because of that, and because so our, our, our literature talks about self-knowledge having availed of mm -hmm. nothing. And so <laughs> when I was watching you, um, and, uh, like I, I'd sort of had the, we, we had an uncle, we have an uncle that has passed from this disease and mm -hmm. I saw the same look in your face a lot when you drank as I saw in his. So like from pretty early on, I was like, Oh man, I only <laughs> see that look in one other person. And you know, that's our uncle. And he was far progressed at that point. He was clearly an alcoholic and just, and the way you drank and drinking with you, I had a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. But then when I got in the field, like I just saw a uh, long slow mm -hmm. bottom for you based on your self-knowledge mm -hmm. of the thing but that's not what happened like I was surprised one day because you had you had asked me about it several mm -hmm. times and, and sort of hinted around at it mm -hmm. but um but like that long slow thing didn't happen like what was the thing what was the what was the 
breaking point or what led to that moment of clarity or that realization for you? Yeah, I wish I could say it was a, a one breaking point, but there was a lot leading up to it. And um, I heard you guys describe this earlier, both of you, that there was this um, emotional bottom and this intense loneliness. And when I drank, it didn't fix it. And mm-hmm. so then I called my mother, who I often called to feel better about myself because a lot of my anger was directed at her. And so I was like, well, this is fine. I drank a lot. That's not going to work. I'll just call my mom like usual put her down a little bit and hold her hostage to my drama and she oh and, and and then I got off and I felt didn't feel anything and then I tried to drink a little more and I was like oh my gosh I feel this isn't working anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was a it was a mo- it was just that moment where it stopped working <clears throat> it happened to be a three-day weekend too and my uh now husband was out um he was away for the weekend so I could drink how I wanted to drink um, and I could do it out in the open because at that point I was a little, I was being, I was more covert. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually had res, uh, surrendered to the idea a week prior that he couldn't control it and he could do nothing about it. And it was interesting because I had a visceral experience of his surrender, which in hindsight I will talk about I can, uh, quite a bit. It, it, I think it was a month ago that it hit me between the eyes that, and it's like in a visceral way that my husband surrendered before he found the program and I, that helped me get to mine. Wow. And my ego right after I got to the program told me that I pushed Josh in too when really it started with him. <clears throat> That's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he said, I can't control it. He hoped that when we moved, we bought a new house and he saved up the down payment money <clears throat> And he hoped that when we pulled the G, when we moved, that I would be happy enough in our brand new home that we bought together, and I would just stop. And I had drank in that home for three months. Thank God, not long enough to taint that whole the whole memory of that place. Mm-hmm. And I remember that weekend, my sister came over, and she was um, on a thirty day break, which I thought she <laughs> was weird, but <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so I just snuck the drinks that whole weekend. And Sundays when it finally hit. So had, <clears throat> leading up to that, had you done, like, tr- tried to control oh, yeah. your drinking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, was tell- I was thinking about unmanageability and powerlessness, actually, and that's a tough one for a self-knowledge folk. Mm-hmm. Um, powerlessness for me, I thought that I told, I believed that I didn't take breaks because why would I want to? I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy this. Why would you want to take a break from something you enjoy? And so the rationalizations were pretty thick. Um, the denial was thick. And I always had a comparison. I could compare myself to Aaron. Aaron was worse than me. (laughs) And then I found out that Aaron compared himself to our cousin, and our cousin compared himself to the (laughs) one who died. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not funny. But, but, and Dave, you know, we we all ended on good terms, but we all had someone worse. Mm -hmm. Plus, I was in the field, so... I was a therapist Monday through Friday, and then Friday at 5 p.m. until Sunday night... I was, uh, I was binging. Mm. I was drinking with unmanageably mm-hmm. alcoholically. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I didn't think I was powerless. I thought I chose everything I chose and I didn't know that I didn't decide I didn't want to drink. I, I, I actually, I realized that deep down I knew I couldn't stop. And so I continued to tell myself that it was fun. Yeah. I have <clears throat> a, a sponsee that struggled with that for a long time because he was just always under the idea like, well, I'm the one that's choosing to take this next drink or whatever. And it was, you know, that self delusion of like, Oh yeah, no, I'm choosing to do this. And it's like, if you really look at your experience, he finally came to the conclusion, like, 
oh no, I don't have a choice. I just keep doing it. And then, you know, I'm under this delusion. Oh yeah, I make the decision. So it's okay. And I'm not powered. But yeah, that's a, that was a tough one to get through. Cause for, for me, my drinking was just, it was, I was very powerless from the get go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just, I just was full board. And so being able to connect that with someone who is struggle with that is yeah. kind of a challenge well and I love in the I love that idea that if you're not sure try it or whatever mm-hmm. and I, I remember I <laughs> this is when it became clear also Monday morning taking a shower getting ready to so Jekyll Hyde right <laughs> uh therapist drunk <laughs> I'm <laughs> heading into work and I remember crying in the shower and I said why can't I remember on Friday how I feel today mm-hmm. I just I knew there was this gravitational pull toward this behavior that made me so sad and remorseful in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And the book helped me understand what that means, that incomprehensible demoralization. And then so I was like, I have an idea. I'm going to keep a journal. And I wrote down how I felt on Monday morning so I could remember by Friday. <laughs> yeah. And then I lost my journal. Where's <laughs> 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 that, that darn journal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Couldn't find it anywhere. First Friday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the other that? day I yeah. found it. It was oh, fascinating. Yeah. And it was one sentence. You feel like shit. Stop doing this. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So it was worth losing. Dude, that, that's really beneficial, though. Some of us have <clears throat> been sober for a while and then and gone back out because we weren't convinced. Mm-hmm. But you that you got to have that experience prior to getting here. Mm-hmm. You got to go out and to try and control your drinking mm-hmm. and to um, like you had sort of had a couple of incidents maybe where things got out of mm-hmm. hand and you're like, OK. And I, I remember talking to you and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to drink a few drinks or I'm going to, you for know, sure. I haven't drank in this many days. But like. At the time, you know, that, like that was probably, you know, a little frustrating or, or you push it aside. But then that turned out to be a super beneficial thing when you get to the rooms because you had the practice of being convinced. Yeah. When the book said, like, go out and try some controlled drinking, it was like, done, check. And then it said, we tried only the purest of wines. We tried no beer. We tried only beer. We tried before five, not before five. Yeah, all done. Check, check, check. And then I remember uh, just to get the heat off, which worked, Mm -hmm. and to convince myself, give myself knowledge a little boost that I could do it. Mm -hmm. I remember drinking only two one time, and I was angry. (laughs) And I went to bed like a human, a starving human who lost their steak dinner. I was just so angry. And Josh... I think I remember Josh saying, why don't you just go have some more and like get out of bed with <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. two is all I need. Yeah. Want, want. <laughs> yeah, I was angry. I, I remember one time you telling me because I'd had, I like had an, I had an event that I had to go to that was a nighttime event, but it was going to be an all day drinking thing. And I was <laughs> super concerned. I'm like, I can't like, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be available at night if I drink all day. And uh, so you told me that, you know, the, the body could metabolize one drink an hour. So all that I had to do is during the daylight hours is have one drink an hour for the daylight. And then when the sundown, drink like I wanted to. I was like, cool. So I tried it. So I drank a beer. I sipped a beer like slowly as I possibly could and uh, finished it. Looked down at my watch. I still had 57 minutes to go. <laughs> I was like, like, I'm doomed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, OK, 57 minutes to my next drink. And then so then th- that thought was supplanted by fuck it. I'll get some coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not going to work for me. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I did that a lot. I would suggest things I would never do myself <laughs> like I couldn't do. Yeah. And my dad would always say those you can't do teach. And I never <laughs> yeah. freaking understood what that meant until I got sober and I was like oh crap yeah yeah uh how has your job changed as a result of being recovered now and I really pr- 
appreciate that question. Um, so I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I felt like an, a fraud. That's That was my voice. I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud. And I, I worked that out in my inventory. Um, I, I can't describe, you, I, I can. When, you, when I'm honest with myself and I'm honest with the world and I can look the world in the eye, I'm a better human in everything that I do. So I had the knowledge, sure, and that, and I remember calling Aaron and saying, I'm a fraud, I can't do this work anymore, and he said, you went to school, you earned a degree, um, and so yes, you are qualified to do that from a knowledge, you know, from a knowledge, a knowledge basis, and if it, you're not meant to be in this field, that's going to unfold, that, I mean, let that be what it is, and I get, I got enough relief from that call, but what I realized is that who I, my purpose had hit home, it was like, um, I, the field found me and I found myself in it. And now I think I was promoted four months later. I would have wow. just sat in this place of hiding, mm -hmm. being just good enough as a clinician, working with the clients who only needed more knowledge. <laughs> but I would have never transcended m myself or any of their journeys along it, alongside that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would literally be like a DUI read from the book teacher. That would be <laughs> yeah. my, my end game. So I... I I didn't have the self-esteem to contribute on a, a higher level, even though I had d ideas all the time. I just had so much fear, and I appreciated your share on mm. the fear, fear, yeah. fear, fear, fear. So I uh, landed in Las Vegas four months sober with my sponsor of 22 years. Um, there, Somebody fell off. I was there four months prior hitting my bottom. Oh, then wow. four months after, I hear all these amazing human beings at the podium, and I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. Mm. But I remember a distinct thought take that promotion. It's only just begun. Mm -hmm. And I said <laughs> out loud, okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody next to me is like, what? <laughs> so that didn't change that I was still a self-knowledge junkie and I would take massive amounts of notes <laughs> at meetings. And someone said, are you the secretary at the conference? And it was like, no, I just need to take notes. And she's like, well, it's a way of living. You don't have to take notes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can listen to our previous podcast to this one with Elaine, and uh, oh. she talks about doing a lot of journaling and <laughs> like us having a really cool experience because of her willingness to do so. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, one of the ladies came up to me. She she introduced me in my first meeting, or she hugged me at my first meeting, and she said, "You never have to drink again, and we'll show you how." And then I talked to her uh, last week, and she said, I always wondered what you were writing in those journals. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you're kind of weird just over there journaling, and I always wanted to get my hands on those. <laughs> she's hilarious. And so then, so then you learned how to maybe help your patients more er yes. er experientially then, right? Yeah, sorry. Back to yeah. the question, yeah. too, because I work in a field where there's a lot of um, approaches to sobriety. And so I appreciate how the book has no monopoly. And I had to reconcile that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is when I'm in my authentic self and I'm doing my, the work of my higher power, the answer is always clear. So how I'm supposed to show up is just – I just – show up. I'm a vessel, I mm -hmm. guess, is, is the best way to say it. And so when I'm authentic, it's my energy that trans that really is more than any of my words could say. And I hear I hear that every day. Clients always say that. You're just happy, you care, you get it, and it doesn't matter. I just watch how you conduct yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah that's one of those things where I've I've done a lot of trying to intellectualize the program and understand it and be like, oh yeah, now that I know this and now that I can preach it verbatim. Yeah. I'm going to attract people. And that has not been my experience at all. It's when I actually nope. start putting, you know, putting in the work and actually doing the thing. People are just naturally pulled towards that, I think. And yeah. so, and you can spot it. That's what I was telling Aaron the other day. It's like, 
you can spot it in someone, you know, when mm-hmm. someone's around, whether that guy actually is doing the thing. And I don't like to judge, but you yeah. can sense it. I mean, yeah. and I was telling him, it's like that cheesy basketball cha- saying, like, game recognizes game. And he's like, yeah, spirit recognizes mm-hmm. spirit, you know. And yes. so you can get that feel why, when when someone's doing the deal yeah. and not just preaching the deal, you know. Yep, yep. Um, the one thing you, you talked about going to that uh, conference four months sober with your sponsor. And uh, one thing I appreciate appreciate about your sponsor is she doesn't pull any punches. She's pretty direct in, in what she says. Like, um, because you were in the field, you were a little apprehensive at first, and she was unconcerned about that. Is that <laughs> correct? <laughs> she is so good. She tells me I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> she said, you're such a pain in the ass to sponsor because you know, you, you know too much. And this isn't a knowledge. It's an experiential thing. And your knowledge keeps you trapped. She calls it analysis paralysis. <laughs> anyway, she said, I said, I, I, I need you to know that I might be a little different than any, some of your other <laughs> callers <laughs> yeah. because I work in the field. And she said, do you want to live or die? And I said, (laughs) and I said, live. And she said, meet me tomorrow at 8 PM and we'll get you going. And I'll introduce you to the most incredible fellowship this thing has to offer. And then I told her some, she said, uh, I told her about some therapeutic technique. I use (laughs) some cognitive technique (laughs) that helps me (laughs) get from drink to drink. She said, Something about how thought distortions are floating down the river, and I don't fish for those ones. I only fish for the affirmations. Oh, some BS. And she said, that's really beautiful. You'll be drunk in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in the middle of Starbucks at our first meeting. Okay. So I, I picture my head as this ego balloon, and she one freaking word, and she pops me. And I get bigger, and then she pops it. And, and yeah, this has been our relationship throughout. And then you had a little trouble meeting her at a meeting, right, at the beginning, too? Yep, yep. My second meeting ever, I, uh, the first meeting ever, I approached every door, and they were all locked, and I was like, see ya. I tried, (laughs) and I wouldn't have come back. I wouldn't have. I was just so scared. And she said, Amy? And I said, Amy? And I was like, oh, God, it's the beginning of the rest of my life. (laughs) And uh, I knew she was going to be my sponsor, and she wasn't taking any at the time. And I said, that's fine, I'll wait. And I don't know why. I just, I don't pursue people, Mm -hmm. and I stalked her. (laughs) I don't know what it was, just this, I needed that, I needed it. I just did. And then the second meeting, I ran into a client, and I called her out from the outside. I watched my client walking in, and I said, I can't go in there. Um, I'm a fraud. And she said, Amy, it's your life, and it's a pretty cool one when you live it sober, but the choice is yours. And I said, I'll be in in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Parked my car, sat across from my client, and I had this. I shared uh, my name and that I'm an alcoholic. Um, And, of course, in the the therapy field, you you know, we pride ourselves on not disclosing. It's not our place. It's their place. And so I wanted to respect that and be ethical about that, and I still am very true to that. But when I drove home, I was crying, and I had this ins- this feeling that I'll never forget, and it's it was that you're in exactly where you're supposed to be, hmm. and I could still cry about it, but I have never felt that way ever in my entire life, just always lost and fragmented. And then the next thought was, she needed to see your human, and I, and that was it, you know? Oh. I'm home, yeah. and I never, that was my biggest fear, biggest, and it was my second meeting that it happened. So we got that out of the way. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Heading to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. How, um, you know, how do you balance 
job and your own program that to mm-hmm. me that would be a challenge i i mean i don't even work in the field at all and i still have a hard time with that because i'm the sober guy at work people just i disappeared for 30 days and i came back and i don't drink anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> and so people are like oh yeah and mm-hmm. you know my bosses know where i went and stuff so i end up getting referred like if someone's struggling with drugs or alcohol they end up in my office eventually mm-hmm. and then so I have a hard time. How do you balance that? Is, I mean, is there a way to do you? Yeah, it's interesting. So I went to this um, spiritual retreat and what I learned is that if it's of the spirit, the time and energy makes sense mm-hmm. and there's no how to. It just uh, it just is. And if it's not of the spirit, I'm willing it to happen and I'm tired and exhausted and compartmentalizing and organizing. Right. I can't describe it except for that I just show up and it's another, it's, it's me. I'm in, I flow through it all and it's congruent. Yeah. So in the beginning I was a very rigid, I was rigid. I was, I can't tell Monday through Friday. I was, cause my other fellowship, I'm, I'm really obsessed with people being proud of me. So <laughs> what happened is my performance, I couldn't perform both. Right. It was exhausting. And so one had to give. And thank God, I think my position before I stopped drinking is of service. And it's the only place I felt okay inside. Hmm. And so I, when I gave up the alcohol, um, I was able to show up at a diff- in a different way at work. And yeah. so my work flew. So I never had to ma- balance it, I guess. Right. And now that I work with people all day long, what I see is what I was missing. Is, and that was... Um, self-esteem or you know whatever in therapy we would call it self-esteem um in my world we call it spiritual malady Mm -hmm. but whatever it is it's this core belief telling me i'm not worthy and i i can see i can see every human being's worthiness when i'm of god or of the spirit Mm -hmm. and so i just get to be around people all day long facilitating that yeah and really that's it it's loving (laughs) loving it's loving people right and seeing their lovability when they can't see it themselves one thing I was going to ask you about is um, that just came to mind was um, you sponsor several women, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking last week or two weeks ago in a meeting about um, sponsoring multiple people at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, like the way it's happened with me is they've all come to me at different times. Mm-hmm. And then I just take them through, you know, individually. But do you have some experience taking them through together mm-hmm. like could you talk about that because that's a like that's something that i would seek to employ if i had too many on my plate and all all starting at the same time i think that would be a good you know good idea and i've heard enough people having good experience with that but could you talk about that yeah i think it started with me joining one so my sponsor had a group study on tuesday nights and i did that for the first three years of my sobriety every single tuesday night and I got to meet women. And anyway, so I saw it modeled. And um, when I had my baby, I had a little bit of postpartum. And I remember feeling a little at a loss. Um, I was also at home. And I, I pray every morning. And it was, you know, get, direct me to what you would have me be. And I, it was interesting. But I had this influx of sponsee requests. Three, four of them, actually, at the time. And, I, 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 you know, I always raised my hand because I made that commitment. Mm-hmm. And um, I... So they all started at one place, and I had three. I said, well, let's do a book study. And I had one girl, my first who ever made it through. And I said, will you um, help me listen to Fifth Steps? And she said, sure, let's do that. So her and I kind of co-facilitated. 
and the four showed up and we did that for several months all the way up to the fourth and then we broke off for a month so that we could do fifth steps during that break two one floated away um one relapsed one was terrified to write inventory and so she sat at my house for an hour at a time writing inventory at my house she's 22 she had a lot of stuff so she's like i don't know where to start and i said no problem come sit at my house and i literally was home with my baby and she wrote inventory um and so we all it was really neat really neat and all but at at the four step break everyone floated around and so i meet with them all individually and one never came back so it's okay uh, yeah, so it was it was amazing, and I would do it again, and I will. Yeah, that's um, well, and I think the the powerful thing, like Aaron and I are doing this thing on Wednesday nights, where there's a group of us that are getting together, and we're talking about our experience, either going through the work or taking others through the work, and it it's been awesome because we're starting to get our own little fellowship, you know, people that kind of do the work similar, and I mean, it, I say this all the time, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, I'm straight out of the book, and mm-hmm. then so is that guy, and I've been you know, it's different still. It's everyone's perception, but it's cool to kind of get some common experience with that. And I think that's the benefit of, because I've at a few different times, I've had the opportunity to do that and been too afraid to, because Mm. I'm like, well, I don't want to do a disservice and I've never seen it. I've never actually seen it. So Mm -hmm. hearing that's cool to Mm-hmm. give me some courage. Yeah, that's no. the thing and is I, I think what's neat is what, and what I've learned is like, if it goes, remember if to me, my guide, if it's, if it's, feels too exhausting or not right then it's not right like mm-hmm. it doesn't it should feel na- it should feel like a flow right if it's what i if it's of of how it's supposed to be so i trust that and when they all floated off you know i could take this rigid approach of everyone get back here we decided december 15th we'd all reconfine right. then it would <laughs> be about me and needing mm-hmm. to manage what i thought this should look you know so it was which i guess i would encourage flexibility and and uh, not making anything up. We're like, it's straight out of the book, just how I was taught. And yeah. if I'm reading it with three or one, it's out of the book. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so good for you for even, I don't know. Yeah, it came up and I was like, at the time I was just, I think I was just scared, honestly. Because sure. it's like I got three dudes and they're all at a treatment center and I could do it all in like yeah. a two-hour thing. And I just, I never could pull the trigger. But one thing, I also was super rigid. You know, that mm. like that was how I was. I'm like, nope, we do yeah. this at this time. Fear and does that to us. Yeah, and <laughs> I've, I've been talking a lot recently about being more... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. I was, I was just saying I've been talking more about being more fluid is what I've been saying because yeah. my sponsor now, I, he's rubbed off on me quite a bit with that because my I'm just a super rigid and orient, orthodox, like this is how it's going to be and... I find mm-hmm. I get much more results if I stay fluid. Yeah, the best thing, <laughs> yeah. I, the, what I was taught is do what you say you're going to do. Your word's all you have because mm-hmm. our words are hokey, man. In the beginning, <laughs> yeah. we have no credibility, so yeah. we have to establish it yeah. by showing up each time we say we are. After that, though, so plan the plan, not the outcome. Right. And then just go where it's supposed to go, kind of like we're doing right here. Huh, fellas? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> are you uncomfortable? No. Stick your face in there. <laughs> I'm a rigid leg cramp right now, speaking of. <laughs> oh. Amy just had a child not too long ago. How old is your did. baby? He is eight months. Yeah. Eight months old. That's awesome. Yes. That was the one I wanted to ask you about, too, because, um, like, your, hus- your now husband, um, I don't think, was ready to even pull the trigger on marriage, let alone um, children. And, like, for me... Um, 
you know, I was going to go with, go along with whatever my wife wanted. You know, if she wanted to try and have kids, I was like, okay, then I'll try and have kids. But I had this internal <laughs> thing that I was like, I'm not, there's no way I'm fit to be a husband because mm-hmm. I was leading a double life and she had no idea about all the money I was stealing and all of the um, drugs that I was doing and shit, you know, no idea what was going on. Um, and so like the, the idea of like bringing a person to this world, I was just like, that just sounds terrible. And it's just not, in the, you know, that's not something I should be doing. And, and like God knows best, and we ended up not having kids, and and I'm super grateful for that. But like, when you look back at where it was, and 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 going through, and you know, looking through your drinking career, to think of something that, like being a responsible adult raising a child that you're responsible for, is um, I like Callum talks about this a lot, or we talk, or I bring it up. But for 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 regular folks, the idea of you know getting married and having a family, and you know being a responsible parent might not seem like much, but for people that drank like you drank, uh, it's a pretty big jump, right? Like you were you were good at school and you were you know outstanding there, but the rest of your life maybe was a little more chaotic than that, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, school was good because it was prescribed. There's a curriculum: show up, read it, do it, <laughs> test on it. And then get drunk after, you know, <laughs> like double life. That's exactly it. It was all a performance. Everything is a performance and I can't perform child rearing. I can't perform. Like, this is a, a role that is experiential. You can't read about it. I'm sure there's lots of books actually in today's age, but you know, it's, it's um, something that you have to problem solve in the moment. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't do any, any part of life that required experiential know-how. Mm-mm. Right. What to expect when you're expecting? Yeah. <laughs> I drank a box of wine watching that movie. And I was like, those dumb ladies. Um, but yeah, my husband, now husband, told me at the time that he would never have married me and never have left me. And he said, um, I, and I understand now, I, was, uh, I would have been a high-risk choice. <laughs> Seriously. And I was, and I was so... I why won't you know I I some but everything the way he treated me was just congruent with how I believed how I felt about myself and that was that I didn't I wouldn't measure up to anything I was lost I had no purpose I was floating every day I I remind myself I the best thing I could say about my progress in life was digging out of the hole that I created by my drinking and hoping I didn't make too many messes and my accomplishments were not screwing things up too bad and, and keeping what I had achieved in my um, in my roles. So that that what you're talking about about like not measuring up and not like that's something that like predates your drinking though, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember it. Since the, my first memory of it was when I was three. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's all right to talk about, but you grew up in a sort of unique situation. I mean, we have this problem with uniqueness anyway, <laughs> about you know thinking you know that it's us. Um, and this feeling of not belonging, but then you actually, you actually, you know, were in a pretty unique, you talked about having some anger with your mom and you're in a sort of a unique situation. Can you, is that right to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, of course. I, I, you know, what the coolest thing about this program is my story matters today and it's, it's mine and it has power and it, it's beautiful and it's, I don't know. Anyway, so yes, uh, everything's fair game. I, uh, I, my mom left uh, when we were young, but my dad came out of the closet as gay, a gay man in Wyoming. And I, I got to learn about my parents' stories when I got sober. Um, and I learned that this is all, that we're all part of something big and that they did the best they could. And, but at the time, no, I felt unwanted. <laughs> and I, I had a, a visceral experience of I will take care of myself and I need no one. And that, that was my 
um, kind of my mantra. I don't need anybody. And then I uh, kind of spent a lot of time, I mean, camouflage after that. So I would latch on to friends who had, you know, living situations that looked exactly what I, like, what I wanted. And um, I couldn't risk exposure in any way. So a lot of shame. Yep. So she left and I was unwanted and that was it. But I also could match that with I don't need anybody. Self-knowledge. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the big thing, I think Aaron and I talk about this pretty regularly, is that in, that's I call that the internal condition, you know, and, yes. and like that being existent long before drinking and then drinking kind of bringing that ease and comfort in for a little bit. Is that your experience or did it never work? Because like for me, for a while... I don't feel good enough. I feel like I'm beneath everyone. I have no self-esteem. I'm really struggling. I drink and that kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to be okay for a little while. And then the next day, repeat the cycle because it's not a permanent solution. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. It scratched. I had an itch that needed to be scratched all the time. And I was always trying to find a way to scratch it. Whether And it was always in some performance measure. So um, actually drinking helped the it's just get scratched without having to perform right. is the best I can say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it got me to the connection when the fear got in the way of my connectedness. Uh, that's it. I, I, when I drank, I felt fluid with everything mm-hmm. and that itch went away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, then I, I could be my, what I thought was authentic self um, without, without the fear, which is interesting because giving up the drinking, I had to surrender because I still had the fear. Mm. It wasn't, that was it. It was like, and I remember when I was three years sober, I still struggled. And I remember, I was several things in that moment, which always happens. But every morning I prayed to feel free from fear. I don't want to feel fear all the time. I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to tear up about that. But I remember saying, can I, I, well, you know, thy will be done. Not my thy will, but I, I wonder what it's like to just not have fear. And I think I got I got laid off <laughs> a month later <laughs> after I found out I was pregnant, <laughs> pregnant and I felt no fear. I cried because I felt no fear in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Josh was like, are you okay? I was like, yes, everything is going to be okay. And I was just smiling to my higher power myself. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to be fine. I just knew it. <laughs> and so describe it. And so that's sort of been your experience, though, since you've been sober, is you've had these um, periods that have happened in your life um, where you've been forced to grow, right? Oh, like yeah. Those things where, I don't know, can you talk about, like, you know, the first one or what, what happened with, you know, when you really had to grow with what happened with your dad? Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I was taking, <laughs> I was in a dry spell uh, in my spirituality, and I say that because will emerges self will emerges and the book says educational variety um will will emerges and um i was in the shower and i was like god i just i want to know you better i want to know you deeper i still have this conditional relationship with god that if i perform well i'll get more god and i had to go to therapy to learn that my god was a projection of my um fear and i remember saying you know i I tried to stop smoking again, and I went back to smoking, and, and I don't feel God. And she said, wow, your God is mean. just comes and goes <laughs> when you behave badly, huh? Sound familiar? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my own head projecting it on. <laughs> anyway, so I was able to see that God is unconditional. So anyway, I'm ta- in the shower, and then <laughs> not long after, my dad passes away suddenly of a heart attack. <laughs> and um, it was I was at an Avs game, and I get a phone call, and I remember – 
talk about surrender. And that is one of the types of surrenders where if I go one minute ahead of this moment, I'm in a panic attack because I don't know life without Hmm. that human. Wow. Yep. So I had to be in this moment. And I was okay in every one of those each moments. And that's all I knew. That's just one of the the things that... um, I appreciate so much about your story is is so many times and I'm guilty of it as I see a human reliance uh, in this program, um, people turning to their friends or their sponsors, you know, when things get hard and I really did that. I really did that several times and I looked to people to be the solution to my problem. But what I've seen with you is every time something comes along, you know, losing your father suddenly, or you talked about that, getting laid off from your job. And I, I remember that, you know, we were, we were on pretty regular communication at that point and just turning to God in each of those things, right? This, this deal talks about, you know, um, you know, a power greater than us that will solve our problem, right? And that's what this book was written for. And, uh, that's what I've seen you do. And, uh, and you talk about your God getting bigger with, with each thing. Yeah. 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 Unconditional. Yeah. And so much more vast and limitless. And yeah. And I, my sponsor and she, she'd be okay with me saying this had an issue with the G word. And so in a lot of ways I felt a growth path beyond her and in a different direction of her growth path. And I remember distinctly being at a vortex of, making her my higher power or do I grow beyond it and thankfully she said when it's in it's in the book read the book and and it says you know if if you fail to grow along spiritualizer he failed he failed to uh grow uh, enlighten his life spiritually perfect and enlarge his spiritual life exactly thank you thank you (laughs) thank you you. you're my new higher power (laughs) just kidding so I went left and I started hitting my knees and she had uh, her own struggle with that and for her own reasons, it's in her story. Uh, and so, yes, I always wanted that. And then I had a, I read a couple other books that helped me a lot. What books? Yeah, oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting. Uh, yeah, no, you can tell us too, because because we're you know not affiliated with anything and we're yeah, not anything. Okay. When we're just doing a podcast based on our own experience, uh, which is great. We're not you know beholden to maybe rules that that apply when we're in 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 our twelve step rooms sure. or right. guidelines. Yeah. That apply, I guess. Um, so it was Emmett Fox, Sermon on the Mount, which was recommended by oh, yeah. you, Aaron, and I learned that our grandfather read that when he got sober. Yeah. Uh, he had to come. He had to surrender, and his he had God, and that was it, man. No twelve steps for him. He was straight to God, and that was it, and that was on. He ended a disgusting addiction to alcohol, wow. and he that was his jam. So I didn't know that till after I read it, and then the other one was it's called With, and it's about um, humans' projection of God of our relationship with God and it's either we're over God, we're too good for God, God has to prove something to us or we're servile and scraping. Mm-hmm. And this book talks about the relationship of shoulder to shoulder um, and and a, a union and a fellowship and a lovingness and a really, really beautiful thing where it's unconditional and it's inside as within, so without right. kind of stuff. So, I think that's a big thing for me was the conception of like a, power greater than me that's out there Mm -hmm. and if i perform this work well i'll get to that guy or that thing or that power or whatever and then kind of discovering through the work that it talks pretty regularly in the book about like oh yeah an untapped inner resource and stuff like that that kind of changed my perception of a power greater than me into like i'm a spiritual being and i receive direction from that 
internally, you know, yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. And that was huge for me because the God out there, I had a hard time wrapping my head around. I'm like, I just, I can't get it. But being explore, exploring the realm of the spirit, it really is like a God of my understanding, yeah. you know, which is just huge. So. It is so neat. It says inside every one of us is the fundamental yeah. idea, fundamental, basic, first, mm-hmm. you know, prime. Yep. And so if that's in me and that's in you, then we are one, you yeah. know. And <laughs> yeah. so when we peel back all this BS in our inventory, like our hearts are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the coolest thing about being a sponsor and listening to other women's fifth steps over and over it always boils down to the same thing and our stories are one and the same and it boils down to that fundamental idea, which is beautiful. One thing I was thinking about earlier and like, again, this is maybe something that I wouldn't talk about inside the rooms because of, you know, it's, it's, it's an outside issue. But the one thing that I was listening to and thinking about when I was talking to her is that um, alcoholism takes men and women to the same places, right? It's, it's alcoholism and it takes us a lot to the same places. But what might be acceptable for a fellow in society's eyes in their alcoholism might not be acceptable as far as society sees it as, uh, you know, for for women to do. And it's just super important for women when they get to this program, I feel, to have a woman there waiting for them saying, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, I was that wife. Yeah, I was that parent. You know, yeah, you know, whatever it is. Like we need women there waiting to say, yeah, I have had that experience as well. You know, I don't know. It's just something we're so disconnected from everything. When we get here, we're so full of shame Mm -hmm. and fear and guilt and Mm -hmm. everything else to have somebody there. And just the way that we're seen, I think, you know, through the lens of the outside world and the things that we do is maybe not the same judgment for each sex is all. And I know Mm -hmm. that like, like I said, normally I wouldn't, talk about something like that but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. yeah no I was thinking too on the other side of that we're talking about shame our society is really big on conforming and not being too bold or outside of the box and mm. I mean that's all we all it's almost like there's this um if you get too loud or obnoxious like there's this um this look that's like get back in shh, be quiet quiet down you know you look weird <laughs> something weird weird and so um there have been many times in my sobriety about three i don't know later on when i feel lonely because i feel this excited that's why i was excited you guys were doing this because i could geek out with like maybe two people on the planet right, about how excited right, yeah. this fourth dimension i've been rocketed you guys <laughs> yeah. like i don't know if you understand but the rocket it's not like you're meandering you're rocketed <laughs> and there's so many times i felt that way and i tried to describe it <laughs> it was like <laughs> and so I f- sometimes I feel like conforming dulls my sparkle and I want to jump on the couch and be like, yes! <laughs> Tom Cruise style? Yes, I mm-hmm. heard about that. And I was like, every, you know that all the tabloids called them crazy and I really, that's what excitement looks like and we want to label that shit. Like, I don't, okay, maybe. Well, anyway, well, I, the way I saw it was that people can't be joyous and free and um, of the spirit, mm. and that's how it feels inside. But by God, we were that way when we were wasted, and that's okay. Like you go to a football game, you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, go down. and that's cool and acceptable. But yet, if you're like on fire for the spirit, my God, they're gonna commit you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the lazy river to the fourth dimension <laughs> myself. Well, it's showing up in your life. <laughs> we know, Aaron. Yeah. We know you're on the slow path. <laughs> We see evidence of that all around you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) You damn well know what it means, Amy. (laughs) 
about 47 minutes in. Do you have anything else you want to hit on? You want anything else to discuss? Um, is there anything else can you think of? Um, I w- did want to give a shout out. <laughs> oh, we found out we have one loyal listener that has listened to all three of our episodes. And I just want to give a shout out to that person. And that person is Kyle's mom. Oh. Yeah, she's been super supportive. Give yeah, her a hug for shout me. I'm pretty out. sure your wife has listened to it too. Hey. We talk about her in every episode. Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Kyle's mom. She's yeah. clearly a very patient and wonderful lady. <laughs> classy woman. Yeah, <laughs> a classy, classy yeah. lady. Classy lady. Yeah. You said something about there being a fellowship for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah. She's very supportive, and unconditionally supportive. I think there's a fellowship oh, for that. Yeah, when oh, you yeah. roasted it. Yeah. Amber. <laughs> She's, That's me, she's pretty. She, uh, she she's gets it. She's, yeah. yeah, she's a down. Yeah, chick. she's doing well enough to you know beat feet when things got bad. So mm-hmm. she's doing all right. She's good yeah, people. healthy yeah. enough for that. Um, is there anything else like that you think that maybe you thought about sharing coming in that you're like I don't know. I think my I think I what I what I'm excited about the most with this is the prospect of chatting with people about being on the other side and I keep hearing all of this stuff life is hard life is hard life is hard and mm-hmm. okay but life is always hard like <laughs> I think life is amazing and fun and I and I and an adventure and there's just a lot of a lot to it so mm-hmm. I kind of want to break that break that old age-old idea that everything's hard and it's always overcoming that it just simply isn't true and that's how I see it and so I'm ex- you guys just keep doing that <laughs> yeah that was a, that was the vision for this thing is to share that. Yeah, that's what attracted me to yeah. was the title. The content yeah. needs to match the title. So keep keep doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Keep keep talking to people that have gotten well as a result of doing the work. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for being a part of it. I told Aaron earlier, hopefully we'll have some reoccurring guests throughout this thing. So hopefully we'll be able to get you on again in the yeah, future. So if I don't get invited back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then that says something <laughs> about this one. Yeah. Maybe I'm on the lazy river path. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to see if more than Kyle's mom listens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have people in Cleveland, dude. Yeah. 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 Shout to out to Cleveland. Wait till, yeah. wait till Cleveland gets fully on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, big time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being a part of this. Oh, so thanks for having me guys. Uh, all right.